right. Hello and welcome to the Swing Smarter Hitting Training Podcast. This is your host, Joey Myers from HittingPerformanceLab.com. And today with me is Coach Mark Gonzalez, a.k.a. East Bay Mark. And uh, first, I want to welcome you to the show, Mark. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> and just want to let everybody know what kind of call this is going to be. I like to have my parents on that have worked with their kids. And in, and in Mark's case, I think, uh, is Atticus, is he a sophomore or junior? He's a junior now. Junior this year, yeah. So uh, Mark's been a follower of mine for a while, and he's been doing the thing on on his side of the computer in, in California because he's East Bay, obviously, right? You're still in East Bay? Yes. Yep. Uh, San Francisco kind of area. And, yeah, I just, um, live just outside of Oakland. Just outside of Oakland. So he's been working with his son and, and doing the thing like many of you parents out there that are listening. And I always like to get the take of those parents that are getting their their elbows dirty, their knees dirty, and are in their trenches. So, um, so there you go, Coach Mark Gonzalez. Um, so first question I have for you is what, maybe we'll start with today, so it's more recency. Uh, what do you find to be the most, like the biggest mistake, one or two mistakes on hitting, like that you see out there? Well, from like a, like a coaching perspective in terms of like, you know, a dad, uh, coach to a you know kid anywhere from you know 10 to 17 is uh uh over coaching and this is something that is just taking me like years and years to uh figure out that i just need to get this little thing right here and zip it up <laughs> and sometimes because you know the 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 human body's smart and uh kids are smart and a lot of times uh they can figure it out uh for themselves and so a lot of times there's just sort of a a difference between what i say i want to happen and what i actually do and so you know for example i always i've been telling my you know junior you know addict because my son like for years and years and years that um my goal is to become unnecessary mm -hmm. but then if i you know if i'm always over coaching always over correcting well i there's like there's a gap between what i'm saying and what I'm doing. So I think it's really important for uh, dad coaches out there is, you know, you can work with your son, give them basic instructions, but, uh, and this is something I got from you, Joe, it's like, mm -hmm. let them take five or six or seven uh, uh, swings and then ask questions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, um, you know, you can say, what are you feeling? What do you think? You know, were you on time there? You know, how did, you know, how, how did this feel? And a lot of times like uh, uh, they know and, you know, as my son is 16 years old now, you know, he's, you know, much more vocal and, you know, he can tell me, Hey dad, let me figure this one out on my own. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay. You know? And so, <laughs> and I, and I think that's great because that's the, like, that's the goal that that's not just the goal for coaching is it's, it's the goal for being uh, a dad, right. It's, you know, you want to get your kids out there in society and become, uh, productive uh, human beings of uh, good character. And, and the only way that uh, you can do that is a lot of times stepping aside and letting them sort of try to figure things um, out on their own. I love that. And was there an aha moment at some point where you finally said, oh, you know what, I might be over overdoing this to be being the helicopter parent or coach or whatever? Oh, I, uh, absolutely. And it was probably Atticus might have been um, 10 or 
11 years old and the aha moment was whenever you know i was too busy at work and i i couldn't go to a game atticus would hit start hitting home runs so then I said, you know, maybe there's a correlation there between uh, my involvement and uh, his uh, um, uh, performance. So that was like an aha moment that, you know, you know, you don't want to be the dad who, you know, the, the kid's looking over for instruction. And that's a balance sometimes because, you know, you want to work with your with, like with your sons and you want to work, you know, you want to you want them to develop, you know, the, you know, a good hidden technique, good mentality and, and all that stuff. But uh you know, there's like there's there's a time to work with them, and then there's a time the games you should pretty much just shut up and let let them play. I love that, and and I heard a similar story, probably not quite as nice a story, but one of my hitters, one of my younger hitters, was playing with another one, and I know the dad, and and the dad's a good dude. I played with him at Fresno State, but maybe it's something's going on at home or whatnot. But and and he's got three kids or whatever, and it's the oldest one that my hitter was playing with. And anytime, and dad was usually the coach. Dad was out there as kind of the head coach, assistant coach, or whatever. But the games that dad wasn't out there, he did well. He was well-mannered. And the, day, the days that his dad was out there, he was very combative, he, not just with dad, but just with the other team players. I guess there was at one point he was taking a throw from shortstop. They were trying to turn a double play. The runner slid into him, and then he, he punches the, the runner for sliding into him. And these are, I mean, talking 11, 12-year-old kids. And it was interesting to hear that there was one player, same, same player when dad was there and one player when dad wasn't there. And again, I, I'm not making assumptions. I don't know what's going on in the house. I don't know any of that stuff. But all I know is that you got A and you got B. So that, that's a great uh, that's a great thing that you, you, you kind of found that out when you're busy. Yeah, like I'm like not 99% of, you know, boys out there, you know, they grow up and like, they want to please their dad. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. which, you know, like that's a, a, a really good thing, but you need to sort of impart the wisdom to your kids that, you know, they really can't do anything for you to make them like love, love them anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's already there. Right? right. And so, you know, if you're, if you're going to love them, no matter what they do, that kind of takes the um, uh, pressure off that sometimes I think, you know, younger kids can sort of, you know, think what they do, you know, in sports or in school or, or, or whatever. It's that all of a sudden that sort of conditioned on the parents loving them and it, and it, and it's, and it's not. And that's something like as a parent, you really try to, you know, tell your kids, you know, every day on whatever they're doing that they're, performance is as no way indicative of like your love for them right great point great point um i know he's is he driving now he's driving yes boy <laughs> it's a whole new world in it it's a whole new world i you know and it, it has made it a, a a lot easier where um he gets to go to tournaments and I sleep in, right? <laughs> so, you know, for your, for your dads out there, like there is um, a light at the end of the tunnel, right? That, you know, getting up on those weekends and driving to wherever, you know, you drive that, you know, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, maybe you, like, you, like, you can still show up, you know, but it's on your schedule and maybe you see one game or maybe you don't, or maybe you just show up one day and you don't. I think that kind of creates, much different um father uh son uh dynamic now do you miss it though or not yet are you still on vacation on i'm that? still on vacation i'm still I, <laughs> you're I'm, still enjoying I'm, it 
Yeah. And it's really nice because, you know, he's uh, he has all his friends on the team. And so, you know, he's always recording his um, at bats, right? Because mm -hmm. he's trying to do the, you know, college recruiting thing. So he's always filming mm -hmm. at bats and putting them on the uh, um, social social media. But, you know, so it just it's been an interesting transition where, you know, we started, we started out more with uh, mechanics and now we're sort of we've already we're transitioned more now to um feel mm -hmm. and where you know now you know he asks me for um getting advice more on the well what should my approach be here mm -hmm. and that's you know um you know i like years and years ago i'm 55 years old but i, I played a few years of college baseball mm -hmm. back in the 19 um 80s so like i have an i have an understanding of approach and feel and what you should be looking for and all of those things that um, I think are, you know, the inner workings of hitting that are very um, helpful that, you know, a lot of times people focus too much on, on the mechanics mm -hmm. of hitting and you can have average mechanics. And if you have a good approach, you can, you can still be successful. I think a lot of times people overly focus on, you know, the mechanics. Now you want to have good mechanics, but when you're, you know, in the game facing like 88, you know, with hard sliders, you know, it's, it's really not about mechanics. It's just, you know, it's, just, it's about some mental toughness there. Right. Right. It's all about competing. I'll have to remember, yeah. um, if I forget, tell me to send you, I have a, a video on that. So this year we really moved every year. It seems like there's an aha moment and we, and there's, it's either a mechanical thing or whatnot. And this, this year, a little bit of 2020, we started working what you're talking about the hitting, we call them hitting strategies. And we have six of them. And it's and it's from the point of controlling your verticals, right? Control, controlling your line or your uh, fly ball, line drive, ground ball ratios, right? Uh, controlling your line to line approach or your horizontals. So being able to pull the ball or go oppo and your curveball approach. What if like you, you'd mentioned an 88 mile an hour fastball pitcher, we call it fast guy pattern that fast guy pattern, the fast guy tends to have different patterns where he locates the ball, what pitches he throws, you know, that kind of thing uh, versus a slow guy pattern. So we have a fast guy pattern, slow guy pattern. We have a two strike. We just started doing probably about two, three months ago, we started doing a, a two strike approach and nothing to do with the physical side, not choking up, you know, none of that widening out your stride, none of that. It's all based on brain observation, seeing how the pitcher what they do when they're ahead, what they do when they're behind, you know, that kind of thing. I'll, I'll send that to you. What kind of things are you guys, when you, when you talk about approach, what do you talk to Atticus about? Well, there's just like a, a, a lot of patterns, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of patterns and, yeah. and, 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 and situations, right? If, you know, if, if, you know, if you're in the number three batter, you know, he's, he, he bats third. So if you're in the number three batter and it's a, uh, you know, first and second and, and, um, no, nobody out and you're coming up you're probably not going to get a fastball right yeah <laughs> you know, that's that it's it's um and it's it's pretty interesting and then like you know last season Atticus really you know had a few really good games um against this one team and so we were driving back from practice one day and I said you know they're not going to throw you any fastballs next year mm. hope you know that right and just, uh, get, uh -huh. get an idea and it's and it's just little things just little things about um you know the pitches you're going to expect right and if you pay attention to the pitchers like you're saying they really humans are you know creatures of habits and if mm -hmm. you're if you're paying attention it's the same habits over 
and over again. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, there's also, of course, you know, situational um, hitting. You know, everyone wants their uh, hit to mash. I get that, right? But mm-hmm. you know, it's hey, if you're in a tight ball game, right, and you, like you, like you need that run, you got to try to figure a way, you know, to, you know, hit a ground ball to the right side. If that, you know, if that's bringing the um, tying run in, and mm-hmm. if you're not thinking about those things, if you're not um, practicing those things, I think so much in the baseball community it's either or it's like well you have to you know be going yard every single swing or yeah no you know, you're not going to be an effective uh, baseball player and it's like you know and i'm all for hitting the ball long and far in 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 the right in the right situation mm-hmm. you know situational baseball i think you know you look at the major leagues i think they lost a little bit of uh, the situational um mm-hmm. skills that they might have had you know 30 40 40 years ago but you know 30 40 years ago you know, dudes weren't dotting 101 on the outside corner either. So <laughs> that, <laughs> right. that, like, that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Um, there, you remember, I mean, you've been with me for a while and, and at one point, I think, I think you were probably as far back when we were talking about that ground ground balls are horrible and no bunting and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You were that far back and, and you probably noticed the change probably within the last three, four years where we said, and, and it was really Perry husband from hitting as a guest.com. We became pretty good friends and it was him that really turned me around to, well, Hey, in the big leagues for every ground ball, that's 95 miles an hour and above the batting average is like 550. And it's like, okay, we, that's interesting. So we're saying bad to ground balls, but there are good ground balls. The, the one hoppers, you know, maybe two hoppers that are getting through the infield those are, those are good as well. You know, so it, it's more, anytime I see a far one side approach. So like you said, the, the launch angle swing, you know, they say uh, where it's all dingers and doubles and that's all you need to do or all situational hitting. You got the coaches on the other side, they go, Oh, they, they hate the launch angle thing. And they would rather be hundred percent situational hitting, which is 15% of the game or depending on the game, yeah. but it could be 2% of the game. It could be 30% of the game. Um, but like you said, there has to be a, there has to be a middle ground where situational hitting is great. And you should be able to have barrel control to be able to do a hit and run, or like you said, hit a ball to the right side of the diamond or hit a, hit a deep fly ball to the outfield to score a run from third base. Right. You should be able to do that kind of stuff. And, and I agree with you. I think major leagues has really gone away from that the last five years, if not the last decade. Yeah. It's interesting in youth baseball. I don't think I've seen kids play pepper like in 10 years, yeah. maybe even 15 years where, yeah. you know, when I grew up, that's all, you know, you would do before a game. And that, like that, you know, my, in my estimation, that, Help with bat control. If you can't play pepper, then <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard to, you know, hit a hit a ball the other way when you uh, really need to. And I think also like another challenge for dads and you know youth out there is young kids don't watch as much baseball as you and I did mm-hmm. uh, uh, growing up. It's just it's it's you know I coached a number of uh, uh, youth teams and you know recreational youth teams and even some travel. And you would be surprised at like the lack of uh, just baseball foundation that's out there because kids don't watch as much baseball as they uh, used to be. Like even my son who really, really enjoys baseball. He doesn't watch that much baseball. Like he enjoys right. playing baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, he has the MLB app. So, you know, he sees the like home runs, right? But uh, <laughs> I don't, he's not sitting there watching, you know, two outs, you know, and on like June 3rd. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's just the. I think that's the big change that I think a lot of dads um, 
need to really take into uh, account that a lot of kids just don't have like the basic foundation of baseball because we're in a much different uh, uh, world right now. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and even playing baseball video games because that was we were outside you, you and I we had uh, sure. like both feet in each world right we were at the beginning of the the tech the tech world the video game world where it was Atari the Nintendo and then kind of went from there but we played baseball stars and RBI baseball and also watched baseball and then the other thing that I was thinking when you were when you were talking about that was wiffle ball like when do kids play wiffle ball anymore we we did that with my eight-year-old our son who's in third grade sure. this last year we took the we weren't really, we didn't really like how our league took the whole COVID thing this last year. Sure. So we went independent, we went on our own. And this was like the transition year between machine pitch in our league and player pitch. So I really wanted to take that year and, and help that transition and help the kids, the hitters, especially, uh, well, both the pitchers and the hitters, but the hitters, especially with the fear of getting hit, you know, by their own peer as they're, as they're throwing. So um, we, we, what we did big time this summer. So we practiced, did our thing. We were able to get some games in. We scrimmaged ourselves quite a bit just because other teams were playing in their leagues and they didn't have as much time and room for us to, to, to play. And we just got started in the travel thing. So I'm starting to build relationships with travel ball coaches and whatnot. So we, we pretty much scrimmaged each other more than anything. But in the summer, we decided to, to keep going like one day a week. And so what we would do is we would do a couple of drill things, a couple of things like hit the heavy bag because, you know, a lot of them, they stop their bat at contact. And yeah. uh, I have a thing called a V flex. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's like the ring that floats in the middle. It's like, it looks like a, a dream catcher, a big dream catcher. And it has okay. a little ring in the middle. And so the thrower will, we go underhand and we just throw balls through that little circle, wiffle balls, wiffle, uh, golf, wiffle ball sized balls. And they're, they only swing if it goes through the ring, if it goes outside the ring they don't swing so you know a little bit of strike zone awareness and sure. uh, we would do at the end we would do wiffle ball we, we would play wiffle ball games so we'd play either home run derby or we'd play an actual game where they play against each other and got to get each other out and stuff like that but wiffle ball wh what happened to that well you know the funny story is like uh i was always a really good growing up a really good opposite field hitter and the reason why i was a really good opposite field hitter because i was left-handed and right field was closed in our neighborhood Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to you just have to figure like figure stuff out mm -hmm. um on your own but those mlb games right now and this is sort of a like a point is trying to enter your kid's life where they are and you know, and, and, and my kid plays a lot of like mlb like the show mm -hmm. game or whatever it is but you know what it's so good now <laughs> if you're really paying attention you can really get a lot of lessons there in terms of pitching sequences yeah uh, you, if you're paying attention and as a dad, you can kind of like point out a little bit of things. You can get a lot of really good information from those uh, video games because it, you know, it tries to follow normal pitch sequencing. So if you're going, you know, low outside soft, you can kind of, kind of come back up and in and, mm -hmm. and the power's going to have some problems. Mm -hmm. no, I agree. No, that's a great, great point. And I think that's how we, some of us learn the game just growing up, even though it wasn't quite as complex as, like you said, now what the games are, it's so uh, lifelike now and the sequencing so lifelike, whereas back in the day, it was almost 2D. We're seeing 3D on these video games, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So the 2D wasn't, but you're still learning the rules of the game. And we have we 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 got we during COVID so that keep them active and stuff like that in the house. And so they have that baseball game 
with with the Wii, which they have the weird faces and you know the bodies that seem to be floating on top of their their or the heads that big heads that float on top of the bodies. But you learn that the, what the rules are. You can't go back to the base, you know, at least in no. those video games. Um, and you, you learn, you know, we got to get an out. We got to get ahead of the runner. You know, if they hit it in the gap, well, you're not going to get that player out at first. So you got to get it in either to second or, or to third to be able to, uh, get them off. You know, that was my thing in, in the outfield. We were always about cutting off that, that extra base. So if a guy hit it to the wall, then you got to make sure you get to it and get it to your cutoff guy so that they can either throw it to third if they, if they're fast and try and break for third, or, you know, we can get them at second or whatnot. Um, no, I love that. It's a great point about the video games. I got a question. So you guys are in the recruiting side right now. So yeah. junior year, that's a great year to start the recruiting process. So for some of those dads out there that may be freshmen, they got freshmen, sophomores, what you, you mentioned that, that Atticus has been um, putting his stuff out on social media, video and things like that. So what, what things total have you guys been doing on the recruiting side? Well, one of the things I just, I, I kind of try to use this as a sort of developmental process in terms of life like mm -hmm. life skills so you know i started off by you know sitting atticus down and trying to go over okay well why don't you send some emails to coaches you know at universities that you mm -hmm. think meet your um skill set and i was pretty laid back in terms of so you know giving some basic points but i wasn't writing his emails mm -hmm. and he sent some really horrible emails <laughs> but, but like that's that's like that's how you're going to learn and uh you know one day you're going to be going out looking for um a job and you need the skill of how to communicate in writing to sort of potential employers and recruiting is very much similar you are writing to future college coaches and you want to put your best self forward you want to show yourself to be you know a smart person a person of good character you want to show your baseball uh, abilities and you want to show that you're in, interested in that particular um, college. And so now, you know, he's, he writes really good emails and, you know, he texts back and forth with uh, um, particular coaches and, and guess what? I'm not involved. Yeah. I love it. And so, you know, that's really, and then, you know, we've kind of talked about, you know, he does a lot of stuff on Twitter in terms of, you know, posting, at bats and highlights from games and and like working out and stuff and i'm not really involved in that um either you know maybe a little bit sort of like from sharing and stuff but you like hey you know what type of colleges you're looking at you know why mm -hmm. where you know what do you expect to get out of it you know does this school even have your major just just to make sure he's approaching the college recruiting thing uh like the right way so what's he looking for? What, what schools and why? Like, I, I'd love to hear the, I love hearing the answers to those questions. Well, you know, he, like he's changed like, uh, and, and I think it's fair that he's changed where, you know, when he was a, a freshman, it was like, I always want to go anywhere, mm -hmm. you know, D1, right. You know, like they, they kind of started very sort of broad and now he's sort of narrowing things. He's looking at, I think right now, Cal California schools, he's looking mm -hmm. at California schools. And so, um, but he knows that's, you know, that that's, going to be a challenge mm -hmm. and i've imparted the you know the wisdom that you know it's not doesn't have to be d1 it, it's about fit you mm -hmm. go somewhere and um if it's a good fit for you and you know the rule is you, know, you want to go somewhere where people want you mm -hmm. um yeah yeah you know oh like who in my in my opinion you don't want to be the last guy to get on a a, a, a d1 team i think that makes it really really tough i'd rather mm -hmm. be the first guy on a on a 
on a D3 recruiting mm-hmm. uh, uh, board or D2 recruiting board. So, you know, we're looking across the board. Um, we're looking at California. We have some out of California schools too that we're looking at. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I've been open with my finances in terms of, you know, I've been open with all of my kids. This is how much we have budgeted for you for college. Mm-hmm. And so I've just gone through the process with uh, um, a daughter. You know, she's now, you know, majoring in, you know, bioengineering at um, Cal Berkeley. So, cool. you know, yeah, she did, you know, but she, she applied to a number of colleges and we have, we had to, you know, sit down and look at the math and, you know, see what would work and, and talk about, you know, whether you're going to have, you know, Cal Berkeley, that that's something within my budget, mm-hmm. some other schools that she had gotten into like certain Ivy league schools she got into, but you know, that would have been a loan. So I had to sit her down and say, okay, well, if you want to borrow this much money, let's see, <laughs> how much are you going to make in five years? Here's what the uh, loan payment is going to be. Here's mm. what your rent payment's going to be. Here's mm-hmm. what your car payment's going to be. And I was like, well, you know, Cal Berkeley is looking pretty good. Right? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great approach. I love that. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you, maybe he's doing this in his emails. I, I don't know what his emails look like, but with my my hitters, my local ones, the ones that are about that age, junior, seniors, or I mean sophomores, hopefully not seniors, they're hopefully thinking about this a little bit earlier. But uh, sophomores, juniors, uh, one of the things I picked up from it was a book. It was a book on negotiation. It was something like negotiate as if your life depended on it, and it was a FBI guy. Um, his name will pop into my head here, but he was an FBI guy for like thirty years. And he was the one on the, the negotiation team for like child abduction that was outside of the United States. So it, it could be child abducted, a, an American family in Southeast Asia, uh, could be Vietnam, something like that, right? So he was called in to do the negotiating and stuff. So he had a son who was playing football in high school and the same time came junior and he had to do some recruiting. And one of the interesting things that he said, and it was like, Oh, the light bulb went on with me was when you send those emails out letters out to those recruiting coaches is to ask them what, how do you evaluate your hitters or how do you evaluate if you're a pitcher? How do you evaluate your pitchers? You know, how do you recruit hitters? What is it that you're looking for? Because some hitter hitters hitting recruiting coaches will say, well, we're looking for the launch angle swing, right? And then you'll have another coach that will say the opposite. We're not looking for a launch angle swing. <laughs> so what I tell my hitters, that, you know, they want to be late, a little bit lazier and make one video that has a little bit of everything and send it out to all the coaches. But I told him, I said, if you do that and you send a launch angle, a piece of your big video is launch angle, they're going to go, oh, this is disgusting. I don't like, I don't like this, you know? So I tell them, just create videos of different things of your ball exit speeds of your games of you, maybe during BP uh, spraying the ball around the infield or around the field, right. Showing that you can go oppo, you can pull the ball, you can go straightaway center show, show that you can hit a double dinger show that you can hit a, a 10 degree line drive show that you can hit a one hop screamer, you know? So you have all these little pieces and then based on what the coaches are telling you, then you just piece together the, the right pieces that they're looking for and then send it out to them, you know, so that I don't know. if, if I, think uh, that's, I think that's great advice. I'll probably give that to Atticus and, yeah. you know, see what he wants to uh, uh, do with it. I, you know, I just think that's really sort of kind of hits it on the, on the nail on the head that, you know, you are trying to 
make yourself attractive to colleges. And mm-hmm. everyone has a different sort of uh, idea of uh, what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that also helps the, um, the, like the kid, because if it's, you know, if, if this college wants a certain type of uh, hitting approach, and if that's a hitting approach you really, really don't like, well, yep. then maybe that's not the school for you. Exactly. And so then it like, then it's not a, um, a match, mm-hmm. but I think today with all of the technology, and I think that's something that I probably started using two to three years ago where you have the little glass motion stuff, mm-hmm. you can get a lot of data there, a lot of data where, you know, it really, it, it really helps sort of a dad just, you can kind of see, Hey, what, like, look where you were six months ago. And now look where you are now in terms of bat speed or, you know, attack angle or all those things, uh, uh, you're working on mm-hmm. that also helps sort of, sort of settle uh disputes in the cage where you know someone oh that's an absolute bomb i'm like are you sure you know like <laughs> let, let's see what the blast motion says on that one mm-hmm. uh, or hit I'm, tracks I'm you guys have it. hit tracks up there yeah yeah speak speak of a reality show video game to be able to go on i i, I would have had a we would have had a hell of a time a fun time back in the day if we had hit tracks yeah that's <laughs> but yeah i grew up yeah the same way just you know uh, wiffle ball heck when i was in 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 college you know like you know we would play a double hitter and then we would go back to the dorm and whatever eat dinner and then we'd come out and play wiffle ball you know? yeah it's, totally different now they, totally they get on their headphones and they, they listen to their music or they they play video games instead and I'm not saying video games are bad um you know in moderation i would think but yeah like you said you can learn a lot from playing mlb the show you know, I think so, so. So before, um, you know, be respectful of your time before I let you go any, uh, and, and I want to also let people, if they want to get contact with you and stuff, we'll, we'll go over that. Uh, but before we get there, any, any other parting thoughts that you would give to those parents out there with, with freshmen, sophomores, juniors in high school, um, coming from a dad who's coaching their own kid. Um, I think they're, I would say, well, number one, it just depends on who you are because it, it was uh sort of having played baseball myself i would say it was like um a blessing and a curse and it was like you know because the blessing you i have a general understanding right. of uh, baseball but the curse is i had a general understanding of baseball from 35 years ago <laughs> and so right. um uh, uh there was a lot of uh unlearning hmm. that um i had to do a lot a lot of things you know really really developed over the years so i had to uh just completely relearn things and it was it was like it was fun Hmm. to so i would say you know for the dads um have an open mind and just go out there and and you know look at all the you know leaders in the field you know now with instagram and and twitter you know you can follow some really really excellent coaches out there who can you know give you all the information you need that you can pass along uh to your to to your sons and i say so don't assume you know baseball because you um played baseball i think that's a, mm-hmm. a big mistake that i made early on but as i sort of kind of you know developed my, myself i was able to say you know what i just assume i don't know anything and i'm entering this like someone with no baseball uh experience and i think that's sort of that's when i was really able to get a lot of information really good information um that i was able to pass on uh to my son 
And now my son, he just has so much information. I hear him sometimes coaching up other kids. Well, mm. you need to, you know, move this way, do that way. And it's, so that's where I was like, okay, at least I've accomplished something. I've, I've passed on some really uh, good information. And if, you know, if he can understand that information enough where he could pass it on to other people, I think he, like he's in the right um, place. And it makes it feel like, you know, I've done a pretty good job of sort of passing on you know, my baseball knowledge or even my new baseball knowledge, but old baseball knowledge as well to my son. And I think that, I think that's what it's all make uh, that's what it's all about. And for, you know, dads out there who have no baseball background, um, I think that's perfectly fine. I think you can coach a team, have a good time. Um they don't like have my, to learn anything. They don't have yeah, to learn anything. <laughs> yeah. My wife she coached my daughter's volleyball, CYO volleyball team one year. And she hadn't, she, she never even been on a volleyball court. Mm. And so, you know, she just got some books and we happened to have, I don't know, there was like some Stanford volleyball player who lived in our neighborhood. So she mm. talked to her and, you know, she ended up taking the team to like the CYO finals, which was like, you wow. know, she was like second out of um, 32 teams because, you know, she knows she, she was, a she knows how to run things. Mm. <laughs> so interesting you can, if you know how to run things well then you can do really well running uh a baseball team and then just outsource the baseball knowledge usually right. you know when you go to you know rec ball or travel ball it's like the one coach who's just doing everything he's organizing he's doing the mm -hmm. baseball and sometimes that can get kind of lost a lot of times for running a team mm -hmm. and it's, it's rewarding you can have a good time with a, a running a team. I, I've coached a bunch of teams. I don't like running a team. <laughs> and so whatever people would come to me and say, Hey, or do you want to coach? And I was like, well, okay, as long as I'm not running anything. So then people would say, Hey, when's the next practice? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for the email. And so I was able to, 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 to do that for a number of years, which made it really, really fun where I just got to go to the field and, and, uh, coach the kids up mm -hmm. and i had a lot of fun with that and i think i told you this story years and years ago i had this young team i was coaching with my younger uh son and so we, we just had fun with it and we had we had this rule if that if uh you know if anyone ever had a walk-off because you know we live close to oakland that you know we would do the open ace pie in the face right <laughs> and so like it was a close game and you know, we were fight, you know, scratching and crawling, but like we weren't nervous. Everyone was just cheering pie because mm. <laughs> they wanted to get a pie in the face, right? And so and we ended up winning. And, you know, oh, that's that awesome! In the face. So be creative. You don't yep. you know, don't focus so much on on the uh, winning and losing. Focus on the experience. You know, because mm. I'm sure. I, actually, I think my my youngest son just the other day he mentioned that he's like, remember when we were going the pie in the face, right? Like, and like, that's what they <laughs> you remembered it. Yeah, right. You remember the pie in the face. You got no idea probably what happened in the game. <laughs> right. I love that. That's such a great point. Um, that yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully some people can take some nuggets out of out of what you have to say, Mark, because I think you have a lot to say in, in, uh, in our relationship that we've built over the over the years. Um, so thank you again for following me and supporting me and all that. Um, so where can people find you if they wanted to reach out? And if say they had a question or something like that about anything well, in this sorry, talk. I guess my, my um, Twitter handle is it's just East Bay Mark on, um, mm -hmm. I think that would be the easiest. I'm on, you know, Twitter, you know, pretty much every day and night, just kind of yeah. seeing what's out there. And so if you uh, DM me, I'll pass along whatever information um, 
I can, but there's a, um, a lot of wise baseball people out there on Twitter and Instagram and, and, and I'm not one of them. So, um, <laughs> but I can, I, beg I can to differ. You, I, I can point you to who they are. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's the most important thing. And I would say to the dads out there, just be willing to, um, see the long game. And what I mean by that is, uh, like Atticus, he wasn't in every travel ball team. Um, he, you know, there were teams out there who, you know, wanted to play every weekend and that just wasn't the path that, um, we were like, we were going to go. That was, you know, I have two other kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, our whole life doesn't revolve, um, around baseball mm-hmm. and, you know, that's, you know, there's like, there's a draw that, you know, out there where you almost feel like, wow, if, if, if your son's not on, you know, every team playing every weekend, um, that he's getting behind and guess what? It's just not true hmm. that playing baseball every single weekend, as much as some teams do, um, like you're not getting behind. I'd rather have kids play other sports, especially when they're, uh, younger. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not play in a tournament and, um, you know, hit in the cage. Cause I think you can, yeah, because I think one of the things with all of these games is somewhere the, like the, the development is getting lost because, it's hard to get better in games. It's, it's very counterintuitive, but I, I really believe that it's like that improvement comes when you're not playing the game for two or three months mm-hmm. and you can really sort of uh, break things down. And all of a sudden, like the results don't matter mm-hmm. because you're working, you're like, you're working towards something, but if you're always playing games, you can never break something down. Like you can never like, change an arm path or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the, Hey, this swing just, just isn't working. Like there was a period of time where Atticus had a leg kick for a while and it just wasn't consistent, you know, where, when, when, when he had it, it was great, but it just wasn't consistent. And so during a period of two or three months, we kind of changed it to a toe tap, mm-hmm. but, but like, it took a while. Like that's not something you can do. That's not something you can do on a weekend. Right. And if you're playing games all the time, you know, then that's uh, something that's not going to work. And I would also say, don't worry about um, kids develop at different sort of times. And so don't get caught up in sort of what's happening out on the field. As long as, you know, you feel like your son's making the progress that he needs to be making. Don't focus on the results so much. I think I remember there was this might have been when Atticus was uh, like 11 or something or 12 and, you know, he played up on some team and maybe he probably shouldn't have, but it just, like, mm. that's just how, how it happened. I don't think he got a hit yeah. like the whole season. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was like a long season. <laughs> and, and, you know, we would, we would drive back like from tournaments and, you know, sometimes like sometimes your, your son just needs to hear that he believes in you. And I remember saying, look, you're this close. Mm. Like you are so close. You, like, you can't imagine how close you are. And I know you don't, you don't see it out there. I know you're frustrated right there, but you are so, so close. And then like the next summer, he just broke out. Mm. So he went from not getting ahead during an entire season to like hitting 500 the next season. And it's just, but you know, so you need to take, take the step back and actually as the dad, see the long game, mm. see, you know, how he's improving. And, um, you know, I guess one final point is focus on, uh, don't forget the strength and conditioning. That's, that's mm-hmm. so important. So many sort of families get caught up into having to play 
baseball every weekend and then they get into high school and they don't have the body mm. they need to you know compete on a on a varsity level baseball field and ha- and having that body is 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 really really um important and i was i was you know telling atticus just you know that the, the the other day that there's you know something called body discrimination like if mm. you are if you are mm-hmm. really you know put together guess what everyone's going to assume you can play so yeah. you get a little more latitude in terms of uh um whether or not you're going to produce or not because you just look like a baseball player mm-hmm. versus you know if you're underweight or whatever you know they're going to assume you can't play something and that's and that's just a reality you know mm-hmm. that 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 people have their biases of what a baseball player looks like so mm-hmm. as a young kid you know you don't have to go hard you know lifting weights especially when you're in middle school but you know push-ups and pull-ups and mm-hmm. you know sprints and 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 all those things like they make you athletic and mm-hmm. then when you're old enough to start lifting weights it's a really easy um transition and there's a lot of great programs out there that can really help dads um to guide their kids in terms of uh, uh weight training that's really focused on baseball development and speed um development i would you know say that atticus was never a fast runner that just Mm -hmm. wasn't his skill and he's worked at it worked at it through strength and conditioning and he went to a camp a few weeks ago and he had a seven flat 60 and for him that's fine he that like that's fine Mm -hmm. for for him that's he's probably getting near his max but you know but that's but that's what life's about just sort of maximizing who you are Mm -hmm. you know that you know some kids can wake up out of bed and go run a six, seven, right. Without yeah. ever training. That's just who they are. Yeah. Yep. All you can do is try to make yourself like the best person you, like you can with the uh, abilities that God gave you. Mm-hmm. I love that. All great points, Mark. Um, all right. So if those out there want to contact Mark, go Twitter at East Bay Mark. You can just go there and like you said, DM them if you got any questions and, and things like that. But hey, man, I appreciate you making the time during your busy lunch hour over there in the East Bay. Um, okay. So thanks. And we'll we'll have to do maybe a part two at some point. Uh, definitely want to keep up, keep abreast of Atticus and how he's doing. And he's got a year and he's got another year and then the, the big things happen. So uh, thanks again, Coach Mark, for, for jumping on today. Okay, take care. All right, brother.